Imagine a life where you can spend according to your values, give generously, love richly, live intentionally, and handle your finances biblically. That's what the Faith and Finance Podcast is all about. I'm your host, Adrian Hildebrand, and on the Faith and Finance Podcast, we discuss personal finance, intentional living, and value-aligned spending by sharing inspiring stories and practical topics to help you steward your finances in a way that honors God and builds your faith and wealth for the present and generations to come. Let's get started. Hey, Angela, welcome to the Faith and Finance Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to to dive in and kind of share some of, of my story. So thank you for this opportunity. I am thrilled. Angela, I, I met Angela at the Business Boutique Conference, which I actually recorded an episode with someone else that I met there too. But it's so crazy that of all the thousands of, you know, there's like 3000 people there that I sat next to two people who were in the financial space and also, of course, had a heart for the Lord and for uh, the lost and how we can uh, use our finances to do that. And so I thought that was so cool. You know, I don't think those things are coincidental. So I'm excited to have you on the show. Angela, please tell us about yourself and your money story. Awesome. Again, thanks for having me. And it was so fun meeting you at Business Boutique. I'm so, I'm actually glad that I went by myself because it gave me the opportunity to sit near different people the whole time. So that was really exciting. But, but yeah, so a little bit about me. My name is Angela Floyd. And my husband's name is Ross. He and I met in college and started dating um, right before I graduated. And God always gave me a heart for missions. So probably around the age of 13, I knew that international missions, specifically to Latin America, was something that God had called me to. And so when Ross and I started dating, we both realized like, hey, this is, this is a goal that this is a thing that God has called us both in. So that was very exciting. Fast forward, we were married in 2007. And when we were married, we kind of had our five-year plan. So we wanted to start a family, get out of debt, and move to the mission field. Luckily, my husband didn't bring any debt into our marriage, but I did. I had student loans and a credit card, not a crazy amount, but I would just say we were very normal. So yeah, so time kind of went on. I knew about Dave Ramsey's plan. I would say we were doing Dave-ish. We weren't super focused. We weren't super gazelle intense, but we were working the plan. And so fast forward probably five years into our marriage, we kind of looked up and we're like, okay, we still don't have a family. We don't have kids yet. We are still in debt, but we still feel like God has called us to the mission field. And, And during this time too, I feel like God used some some hard things in our journey to start a family. One, we had issues for years just trying to to conceive. And then once we did, I lost the pregnancy at seven or eight weeks. And so, of course, we were just completely crushed because we had waited for years to start our family. Then we were finally able to get pregnant only to then experience loss. And so kind of turned our world upside down God was very faithful through all of that. And about four months later, we got pregnant again. So that was very exciting, but also very scary. Sadly, the same thing happened again. We lost our second pregnancy at uh, seven or eight weeks. And 
both of these losses were within four or five, probably five months of one another. And it was crazy to see how God was working in our lives. With our first loss, we dealt so much with anger and just, you know, God, why? Like, why me? Why us? We've prayed for this for so long. Now you give us a child and we lose the pregnancy. And then our second loss, we realized that our our prayers and the way that we were processing our grief were very different. We, of course, we were upset. We had experienced loss. We were grieving, but we weren't angry at God. We learned a lot about resting in his sovereignty during that time. And we had a dear friend come alongside us and say, hey, you guys should take a retreat. Like, just Ross and Ange, you guys go away and uh, just pray. What is God doing? Clearly God is up to something. And so we did that. We took some time away. Yeah, we just spent some time through a long weekend praying, seeking God, spending time together, very intentional weekend. And we really felt like God was saying, hey, this missions thing that I've called you to, I want you to go do it. So that was exciting for us, but also very scary because we didn't feel like we had all of our ducks in a row. You know, we, we wanted to already have a family and we didn't. We wanted to be out of debt and we weren't. But God was saying, all right, now's, now's the time. Let's do this. So, you know, we took some, some steps in faith and started the process with our now missions organization. Yeah, God just continued to open doors for us to go. So in 2015, we finally moved to the mission field. When we moved to the field, we still had a, a little bit of credit card debt, maybe like $200, and we still had a little bit on my student loans. Um, so basically, we took Sally Mae with us to the mission field. Now, looking back, that was silly. <laughs> we should not have done that. But we did. And so our first year on the field... All parts of our life were going amazing, except for our finances. Like our finances were just a mess. Cash flow wise, we were very cash poor and we just, we just really struggled through that and through some medical things that came up. We did get pregnant again. You know, I didn't share all about our, our, our stuff of having a family. I've shared a little bit, but our son Owen now um, we got pregnant with him when we were in Bogota and he was my fifth pregnancy. So, so yeah, just a, a lot of things happened from point A to point B. We finally get pregnant again. I'm definitely considered high risk at this point. Lots of doctor visits, lots of cash needed to go to the doctor. Yeah. So we racked up some more credit card debt while we were on the field. And so thankfully, praise, praise God, our son was born healthy. Things were fine with me. He was born in May of 2017. So our term in Bogota was about to end. We lived in Bogota for about three years. We were changing basically our status with our organization, transitioning from just one contract term to career. And with that, we were also changing fields. And so we knew we were coming back to the States, likely for a year or a year plus, depending on fundraising. And God just really laid it on my heart. Like, you have to take care of this debt. You know, this cannot go to the field with you to your next location. And we really knew that we needed a substantial or a sufficient emergency fund because we just didn't have that um, during our first term as missionaries. And we really saw the negative impact of that on us. So, yeah, so when we came back to the States in October of 2018, 
our goal was, okay, we have to finish paying off all this debt and build up our full emergency fund. And when we came back, we had $7,800 in credit card debt and $4,900 left on my student loan. So that's a total of just shy of, of 13, um, 13,000, which is a lot. And so I'm so thankful that we have been able to focus and do some extra work here and there and really kind of hone our budget and be able to pay off almost all of that. So currently we only have remaining $422 on our final debt, which is amazing. Yeah. And then we'll be able to start saving up for our full emergency fund. And so through all of this process, I really felt like God continually saying, you know, this financial thing is hard for all people. Like regardless of your situation, if you're struggling with your finances, it's difficult. For missionaries specifically, it's really difficult because you kind of feel very isolated in it uh, for, for a number of reasons. It's a very taboo issue in the missionary community to have debt. Some organizations don't allow you to have debt at all. Well, what happens when things come up? How do you pay for it? Just, I mean, there's, there are a slew of things that just make it very complex in the missionary community to even talk about personal finances and how to manage that well. And what do you do when you get in a mess financially? And so through all of this, God really continued to, to push me in the direction of starting a business in financial coaching. And really my big vision is to help goers go so missionaries or other people in ministry as well, even people who are domestic stateside who, who want to pastor, be youth ministers or whatever, who feel called into full-time ministry, who have debt to help them. And then, so basically to help goers go and senders send. Um, with our organization, we raise 100% of our funding. And so I cannot tell you the amount of times that people have said, we really want to support you more but financially we can't. And so, you know, as someone who's raising funds or for a nonprofit, I personally have found that some of the most generous people who have the biggest hearts for helping others, a lot of them aren't in a financial position to be able to help as they, as much as they wish that they could. So that's kind of the, the birth of, of my business, which is focused financial coaching and our, my big vision is to help goers go and send or send through helping them with their personal finances. Angela, thank you so much for sharing some of those painful parts of your story, but also being open to share that, you know, the work God has done through you and now is using that to help others. So I that was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. There's so many things I like want to pull out of what you said. <laughs> Number one, you know, I often get asked about, and there's a fine line between trusting the Lord to take care of our needs, but also stewarding what we have effectively and, you know, being good stewards. And I think sometimes we get confused, or maybe not confused, but we get. I think people think, oh, I want to give so much more and we should, and that's wonderful, but also the Lord wants us to take care of our own households, right, and our own affairs. And so you mentioning that some of the most generous people are the ones that don't have a lot, that is very true. 
But also it's like as a business and as Christians, we want to help people steward their finances in a way to where they are going to be able to give generously, you know, and that means I I believe, and I know that you do too, that even when you're paying off debt, you should pay your tithe and Mm -hmm. um, give when you can. But also, you know, it's so important to pay our own bills, you know, like take care of the affairs of your own home, right? So I appreciate that you you said you realized um, the need really for this because when you're going out and you're fundraising, people want to give. Most people want to be generous, but because we've got so consumed with what's going on in our own financial lives, we can't give a lot or give at all really. So thank you for sharing that. Also, one thing you said was, and I I don't know if it's the same for our church organization. I wouldn't be surprised if it is, but that um, they ask you if you have debt essentially before they send you to the mission field. And honestly, I feel like that should be a thing for domestic ministers too. Uh, I don't know if it is in our organization. I can't remember. But, and I'm not saying you can't like, I think, you know, you also mentioned we took a leap of faith. We took this uh, basically little sabbatical away and we really felt God calling us. And then you went and you took that leap of faith, but you were already taking the steps to get your finances right. And I believe that God honors that. But I think that would be really interesting to, you know, why do you have to be debt free um, to be a missionary? And I'm not questioning your organ. That's not what I'm saying. But like, why would you have to be debt free to be a foreign missionary? But what about like a home missionary? Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy that we don't think about things because often in other countries, it is the cost of living is, is less generally. Um, not always, but in a lot of countries it is. So it's funny that because if yeah. you are debt free, you, you don't have to worry about things, right? You don't have to be worrying about where your paycheck's going to come when you're just trying to do the work of the Lord. And I think that's what your heart is, Angela, is just saying, you know, God, whatever it is, I'll go and I'll do it. But I also am going to be a steward of the things that you've entrusted me with. So what's also interesting to me is that y'all took basically a sabbatical because you had calling it a sabbatical, but like a weekend away or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was to go pray and seek the Lord. But really your answer, not your answer, but what you thought you were praying for wasn't even really the thing that God like revealed to you, right? Like you were right. trying to figure out what's going on like with a child, but then the Lord lays yeah. this burden on your heart for missions. And so to, and to go, feel free to talk a little bit about that. Like when y'all decided to take that leap of faith. So yeah, when when God called us to to kind of take that leap of faith, I mean there were there were kind of two things at play. One in the background we knew and we felt the call to go. So this wasn't a new call, it was just something that we had kind of placed on the back burner and we're kind of waiting until we got all of our ducks in a row basically. And so when the timing of things happened, when we took our time away, our little retreat to really pray and and seek God. You know, I mean, we were mainly taking that because we were hurting, we were grieving, we were, but also we were in a place to say, God, what are, what are you doing? What, what do you have for us? How do you get, what does it look like for you to get glory through our story? And that was the place we were kind of coming from. And we realized that a lot of that would be to share our story. And so we've been able to do that. But then God said, I want you to go. There were so many things that we wanted to, to do. And in hindsight, there were some things we wish we had done before we went to the field. So I'm so glad that we took that step of faith to, to trust God that, that he was saying, go now and don't wait. And 
for a lot of missionaries, there is this battle between trusting God to provide for your every need and also, on the other hand, being a good steward of what God has given you and making a plan and having a good plan. I've, I've talked with a lot of missionaries over the years just on our field of service and people who are with different organizations. And every organization kind of has a different philosophy of how they, how they do funding, how they um, decide what a budget for their missionaries are. And I would say that our organization really tries to take care of make sure that we're very well taken care of, that we have funds for not just our salary and our housing, but also for retirement and children's education and um, ministry expenses and all of those things. And so, so one of the, one of the things that I've realized with working or coming across other missionaries on the field is sometimes there's this mentality in the missionary community that I don't need a plan because God's just going to provide. And while, yes, that is trusting God, some of that is also slides into the, the foolishness side of things of saying, I don't need a plan. I don't need to prepare for the future. All missionaries will retire one day. <laughs> that doesn't mean that we need to have millions of dollars, but that, needs, yeah. that does mean that we should make sure that these things are being taken care of along the way. So yeah, so there is this fine balance between trusting God to provide for our every need, which I do believe that. But on the other hand, I also believe that he has called us to be good stewards of what he's given us in in the missionary and ministry community. I strongly believe that that also means having a plan for what you will need on your field of min- of service. And so if you go to a locate like Bogota, for instance, um, where we served in Bogota, Colombia, the cost of living was pretty high there. And so, you know, some missionaries go to fields and, and like, like you said, Adrian, it, it, they, they are living in a place where the cost of living is very low. Housing is low. But when we were in Bogota, it was actually more expensive. Like it was more expensive to live there than it, than it is to live here in Atlanta, Georgia. And so, you know, just taking those things into consideration, that's a, it's just, it's just a big thing to, to plan and to have those things and to be a good steward of what God has given us. It doesn't mean that missionaries, you know, should be rolling in the money. No, that's silly too, but there has to be this balance of trusting God to provide, but also having a plan and being a good steward of, of what he's given us. 100%. And I think that applies to all of us, regardless if we are going to be missionaries or not, you know. God has really done some kind of, I guess, mindset work on me this year that our our missionaries, our ministers, like should be paid. They shouldn't feel bad about making a living doing what God has called them to do. Because in many ways, some people will say, I feel God has called me to be a nurse and we don't like say they can't make money. That doesn't even make sense. You know, I believe that our missionaries should be supported and our, our uh, ministers should be supported. And if you know, you steward your, all of us, if we all steward our finances well, we will have enough to retire on, you know, and to be taken care of. And I know that our church organization takes care of our missionaries as well and uh, tries to take care of our, uh, you know, our ministers as much like as we can, but also as you've stated, you know, a lot of it is up to us having a plan, doing what we can with what we have, right? Like walking by faith doesn't just mean we do whatever we want and expect God to take care of it. Like that doesn't even make sense. We do what we can with what we have. And then when we run out of, uh, I don't know, resources or whatever, and we're like, God, we know you're calling us to do this. We know that we've done what we can 
what we know and what we can do. And you, you can take care of the, the rest because you supply all of our needs. So I love that, that thought. And it's so in line with what I talk about a lot too, because we can't just expect the Lord to bless our not effort, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. He does want us to steward what we, what, what he's given us. Let's talk a little bit about your business and your sort of, I guess, philosophy and how you work with people, because I think that's going to be really actionable for the audience. So many of my audience members are paying off debt, or maybe they've just paid off debt and they're working on their emergency funds or um, saving money for whatever it is they feel like God is calling them to do. So talk, talk through a little bit about maybe your philosophy of helping people with their finances and what we can do do actionably to also take care of our finances? So one of my biggest goals in my coaching business is to come alongside people to see really where they are, to get to know their situation and to encourage them to take the next step. So every person, every family is, is in a different place in their financial journey and their story. And so, you know, if I come alongside them and they really need help with learning how to live on a budget, like learning how to create that, you know, I can help them do that and to see them implement that and set some small practical goals in place to see them meet some very specific goals and and things in their financial journey. And, you know, if I'm coming alongside someone who they don't have issues with budgeting, but they want to save for this bigger thing, or they want to start investing in retirement and make sure that they're doing that well, then I can come alongside them exactly where they are in that point and assess where they are and help them make goals to take action steps to get to the next step. So it's a lot about just coming alongside people Currently, I'm meeting with clients one-on-one, and most of my clients right now are more of the people who I would put in the sender category, those who are in the U.S. who want to be good stewards, want to be generous givers, but for whatever reason, they just can't financially right now, or they want to be able to do more. Um, My big goal for this year is to find out how to better serve the missionary and the the communities of, of people who are, who are in ministry. You know, I mean, I've spoken with, with our organization and, and trying to get in to speak with other organizations to kind of see what their needs are. But I feel like this year is going to be a lot of finding out what I can offer the missionary community because it may not be one-on-one coaching. It may be providing a seminar or a course or just some very practical resources and so I'm, I'm basically in this, in this place of finding out how can I best serve the missionary community because I do have a huge heart for that, but I'm still trying to figure that out. So I feel like I'm <laughs> in this weird, weird space of having this big vision, but not really knowing what it's going to look like, you know, yeah. six months or a year from now, which that's also okay. So if you have any great ideas, uh, please feel free to email me. <laughs> I'd love to hear them. <laughs> I actually was just thinking... It would be, I always have this vision too of kind of having a social enterprise model to be able to support, like to be able to coach people one-on-one, the the uh, uh, senders, right, as you say, mm-hmm. but then also being able to support um, causes or a cause that I'm very interested in. So Angela, when you were talking about that, it came to my mind that when you're helping the senders, perhaps using a portion of whatever 
you know, they pay you, whether that's 5%, mm-hmm. 10% or something to fund those seminars that you want to do mm-hmm. for missionaries and to be able to do that. So also the senders are actually literally putting their money in action by working with you. Absolutely. And then, so I don't know, that's just an idea. I'm always thinking yeah. about things like that too, Angela. Um, and I know that people, even in my audience are always thinking about ways in which they can serve in whatever capacity that they feel called to serve um, and with their skills. So uh, anyway, that just might be an idea. Well, we yeah, that. that's we a great idea. About that. I, we can talk about I, that I, yeah, I actually have had the idea of basically creating a fund, just like you said, like taking a small portion of what I'm getting to put aside for others who will need help, who, you know, may not be able to pay the full price or, you know, people who will, will need some assistance to get, to get help. And also it's, it's really hard too, because as a business owner, one of my goals is to run a business and part of running a business is making money. And so that's also a a weird strain in this area of I do want to serve people in ministry. Um, And so because of that, I I, being realistic with what can the average missionary, you know, what can they pay? What can their budgets support? And some may be able to do a lot and some may not be able to do much at all. So I I think it's one of those, those cool things of like, all right, God, like, I don't know how this is supposed to work, but if I'm going to run a business, I also have to be making money. And And I think it does apply, honestly, to my audience, because the thing is, is a lot of the people that are listening either run their own businesses or kind of have a side hustle. And Mm -hmm. even myself, I consider faith and finance and the events that I do and all that a ministry, but also to an extent, it's a business because in order to do what God is calling me to do, I have to make some form of a living doing it. You know, we do live well below our means now, but still, um, I know that to some capacity, money really is impact. And I'm not saying the love of money. That is not at all what I mean. I'm just saying the more time you can devote to something, the more money you could bring in eventually, but then to be able to use that money to also support so many other things that you want to support, right? Um, Our churches are supported by people who give, people who have jobs, people who own businesses. And so the Lord has really been dealing with me about that because while it is a ministry, I also want to be able to continue as do you and as do the audience members um, with their jobs or whatever that looks like. They want to also be able to continue to give, but if they aren't bringing in money through what they're, through their job or whatever, then they can't, right? So mm-hmm. um, right. I think that's actionable actually. So tell me about something that you feel like is really difficult for people that you're coaching. One aspect of the senders that you're coaching Mm -hmm. that like, what's one thing that you're noticing that's really difficult for people and walk us through maybe how you help them deal with that. I would say one of the main challenges for people that I'm coaching specifically for married people a lot of times is just, it's very simple. It's communication. A lot of times families get themselves in a financial mess because usually it's because they're not on the same page and they don't have a plan. So when you're taking a family who has not a husband and wife who have not really managed their finances well for years, trying to get them on the same page, even when they're very willing is, is very stretching. It's very difficult. There are a lot of obstacles and 
even in just communicating, even in having terminology around how do we talk about money in our home? So far in my coaching practice, that's been one of the biggest things. What are the tools that I can give husbands and wives to properly communicate about money? That when a financial thing comes up, instead of it making one of them angry or or completely shutting down or whatever, to be able to have those words and those things in place so that they can have good, healthy communications about finances. Um, So that would be the biggest thing I would say is just communication is really difficult and building that communication muscle takes time and effort. And it's like a muscle, you know, if you're, if you're really weak, if one of your muscles is really weak, like it's painful to build that up. So Angela, can you tell us a little bit about setting realistic goals financially. I know that personally, I have a hard time doing this sometimes because I'm such a big vision person and it's often hard for me to set realistic goals with a realistic, you know, timeline expectation. So talk a little bit about that and how you work through that with your clients. Absolutely. Um, And it's funny you mentioned that you're a big picture person. I'm actually the opposite. Sometimes it's hard for me to set goals because it's hard for me to see a bigger picture. Like I just want to know what I know, what I need to do right now and today. So it's funny that either personality type can really struggle sometimes with setting goals. And I feel like that's a real thing with, with everyone. So one of the first pieces with setting realistic goals is kind of taking some time away and writing down what are some things you want to accomplish? You know, financially, maybe it's, getting out of debt or saving up for a specific purchase. And so kind of seeing those, those realistic, very tactical things of where you want to go. And so basically coming up with a number for that. So if your goal is to pay off all of your debt or a certain amount of debt, let's say you want to pay off $12,000 worth of debt this year. Well, realistically, what that looks like when you go to say, okay, here's my big goal. I would love to pay off $12,000 of my debt this year, if not more. Basically, what you would do is then break that down. And that makes sense. You would say, you know, for me to pay off $12,000 this year on my student loan debt or my consumer debt or whatever that is, or saving that much money, you know that you need to to be able to put about $1,000 a month toward that thing, toward that goal. And so, but even then that can seem very overwhelming. And so thinking through, okay, if I'm going to put aside a thousand dollars this month in January or February, what does that mean? What has to happen for that to be true? Um, then you can continue to break it down even further. So you can say, all right, I know I'm going to have some extra work coming in, some extra hours. So I think about 600 of that dollars is going to come from overtime. Well, that means you still have some that you need to figure out where that's going to come from. So do you need to sell some things? Do you need to do a little bit of extra work more than you thought you were going to? So basically just breaking it down into these really, really small pieces to get you to that point. So I like to tell people to break it down into your big goal which sometimes, like I said, is hard for me, but it's good for me to have those big goals and then break it down into a monthly goal. Then even farther than that, a weekly goal for what you're going to do this week. Maybe it's just that you're 
you're not going to go to that restaurant that you normally go to or what are what are some very practical things and then today like what are you going to do today to help you reach that goal so sometimes it's as simple as for me to reach my goal i need to read scripture about money because it encourages me to take the next steps when my own desires are are not to do the hard things or maybe you know so maybe it's encouragement maybe it's a very practical step of for me to make some extra money selling some things i need to actually go through my house and get some things that i can sell so your next step would be literally walking through your house and gathering some things together and then the step after that would be listing those things on facebook or whatever form you want to use to right. sell those items yeah just very practically breaking it down and that can look different for everyone and kind of how they're wired but taking that big picture goal breaking it down into months breaking it down into weeks and even days to say what am i going to do today and there may be days where you don't work on that and that's okay too sometimes we need to give ourselves a break <laughs> right right I love that you basically were saying to reverse engineer sort of your goals. Yeah, um, yeah. I know that's a really big thing for, for all of us too. Like you say, okay, I want to get here, go backwards until you get to the like first thing that you can do, right? Like mm-hmm. divide your payoff debt, right? Like divide by 12 months and then divide maybe by your paycheck or divide like, you know, just keep going backwards until you get to the first thing that you can do right now. Because when we say, I want to pay off $12,000 in debt this year, that feels super overwhelming, right? Yes, Rather yes, than just going day by day. And so, um, or week by week or whatever that looks like. And also too, you know, I've really been learning the value of rest and also just trying to appreciate how far that I've come. I'm always looking toward the future, right? Like I'm always like, okay, what can I do better? What can I do better? What can I do now? What can I do now? Rather than saying, oh my goodness, I've come so far, right? Like, right. Just, just saying, oh my goodness, I actually did a step, right? And rejoicing in that and being excited about it because uh, those first steps mean everything. They're like yeah. the world, right? Like it all starts with an idea. Everything starts with an idea and a dream. You know, anything that we have in this life, computers, this pen I'm holding in my hand, this microphone I'm talking into all started as an idea. So when you get an idea and then kind of reverse engineer that, or figure out, you know, your next right thing, your next right step. I love that. So, and another big tip, this was a big thing for my husband and I, when we were paying off debt. And um, like I mentioned, we still have a little bit of, of debt to pay off. Not much. We hope to have that paid off soon. But when we look at our monthly budget, instead of deciding to take what's left to put towards our goal, making a proactive decision to say, we're going to put at least this much this much towards our goal this month. Right. So like in our debt, in our paying off debt journey saying, okay, instead of just doing our budget and just throwing what's left at our debt, which yes, that's good, but deciding, Hey, we're going to put at least $400 towards our debt this month. And then anything that's left that will also go to it. That was a huge shift for us just in, in thinking about it, like not just giving yeah. what's left over, but planning up front to, to put things toward that goal because we yes. do with everything else in our budget. We say, yeah. Hey, we're going to budget this much for food. We'll go ahead and say, Hey, we're going to throw this much at our goal this month. Right. And do it up front. 
And I think that's a way that we can pay ourselves first, right? Like I've talked about that mm-hmm. on the podcast, you know, saving money isn't about just having money in a, in a bank account. Saving money can also be, if you're paying down your debt, you're ultimately saving money as well, right? Because right. you're paying down the, uh, the loan or the credit card or whatever that is but you're also saving a ton of money and interest. Now you of course need, and I know you know this too, we all know this, that you need an emergency fund. But Mm -hmm. aside from that, when you're paying off debt, like every amount of money that you put toward that debt is actually also saving money. It's kind of a mindset shift, you know? Yeah. Because people are like, I need cash. I I need cash. And yes, we need cash. But also if you have a bunch of debt, like it's hard to be able to save that cash, right? So it's still a method of paying yourself first, um, which I encourage you know all of my clients to do as well. Pay yourself first, have money set aside. So that's such a great point, Angela. You know, make sure, hey, we can, we are definitely going to put you know four hundred dollars toward this debt or twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't care how yeah, much. Yeah, whatever it is. It is. Just, <laughs> yeah, just put whatever it is. You know, because there were okay. I got to share this story one time. When I worked at the bank as a teller, I had a credit card there. I remember being so hardcore about paying off the debt because I knew like every penny that is still on the stupid credit card is earning, like is um, interest I have to pay, right? Mm-hmm. And so I found like 67 cents or something in the bottom of my purse. I went and got a paper slip wrote out my payment. (laughs) Yes. Payment. And I paid 67 cents on my credit card that day. You know why? Because that's 67 cents that was not getting interest anymore. And it was just building that habit. Right. So I always like laugh at that now, but I'm like, you know what? I was like, I want this junk out of my life. And you know, it's just funny. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been really an awesome conversation. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to leave with the audience today? Just in the big picture of things, just to kind of, you know, to encourage families to get on the same page, husband and wife. And if you're a single, to have someone that you communicate and that you're accountable with your money habits to. Don't be a lone ranger. That's not good for any of us. (laughs) But basically, in the grand scheme of things, for us to live on less than we make and to have a plan for where we're going. And in the process to enjoy life and to be able to give generously. Like for me, that's my big goal is to be able to take care of our family and for us to really be able to give generously to others. This has been so great, Angela. I love your heart and I've loved hearing your story. And I know that the audience is really going to resonate with you too. So I want to thank you so much for your time. Can you tell everybody where they can find you at? Absolutely. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook in both places at Focused FC. And my business name is Focused Financial Coaching. So both places at Focused FC. And if you'd like to follow along for our, with our missionary journey, that is on Facebook at Los Floyds, L-O-S-F-L-O-Y-D-S. So yeah. Love that. Thank you so much, Angela. This has been great. Thank you so much, Adrian. I really appreciate this opportunity. Of course.